0: Good morning, morning. morning. okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know so working on the morning uh, spirit thank you um, praise the Lord uh, God was uh, ministering during that worship time and prayer time um, you know you know you have to <coughs> you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable. You know, sometimes you can go through life and just keep it all together, and there's a point where God has to kind of break you. (laughs) And uh, Nick, what you said really, it really ministered to me, and I I appreciate your vulnerability with what you shared. And um, Jesus says, unless a grain of wheat falls and dies, you know, it remains alone. But if it uh, if it dies it, it gives fruit to um, you know, bears much fruit and uh, if there's a there's that willingness to be vulnerable and uh, um, anyway um, so you guys have your Bibles of course and now I thank you for for praying that really was administered it's kind of kind of cool to see how God uses different members of the body to minister to to each other, and uh, um, we're going to look at a couple of scriptures today. But um, we're talking about effective ministry, effective principles of effective ministry in life. And uh, this one I want to talk to you today is kind of uh, uh, one that can be a separate series on its own, and uh, um, and it has to do with using your gifts to edify the body you know and um, just a couple scripture uh, we read from Romans twelve so go back there to Romans twelve we're going to look at a couple scripture then I'll share what the Lord has given me to share Romans twelve <coughs> and I read the first Several verses. I'm going to read most of the chapter, and then I'm going to go and read another, most of another chapter. (laughs) Just (laughs) therefore, I exhort you, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a sacrifice, living, holy, and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual service of worship, and do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may approve what the will of God is, that which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now here's what he's talking about. Renewing your mind. How? Verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say that each one of you not to think more highly of himself than you ought to think. So part of renewing your mind has to do with thinking differently about you and other people within the church but to think so as to have sound thinking, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. But having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, whether prophecy in agreement with the faith, or service in his serving. Or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with generosity, or he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness, let love be without hypocrisy, abhorring abhorring what is evil, clinging to what is good, being devoted to one another in brotherly love, giving preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, but being fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope and persevering in affliction, being devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, pursuing hospitality. Bless those who persecute, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. By being of the same mind, same idea from verse 2, by being the same mind toward one another, not being haughty in mind, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own in your own mind. Never paying back evil for evil, respecting what is good in the sight of all men. If possible, so if it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never taking your own revenge, beloved, but instead leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, "Vengeance is mine; I will repay." But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will keep. Burning coals on his head do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, let me to stop right here. Everything he's talking about is relational within the body. Okay? Love one another, treat another, you know, hospital, rejoice, be devoted to one another in prayer. Do your, you know, there's, there's... And he's speaking to a church in Rome that had some division. It had some division. There was Jews and Gentiles at one point, and then... The Jews got kicked out of the room, and then they got then they came back after a time, and now there's a little bit of conflict, a little tension, right, within this church. Now Romans, of course, is a very popular book as far as Paul presenting the gospel, but now he's getting some bra- real practical things, It's like living within the body of Christ in unity. Each one has a part to play within the body. An effective life, ministry, or church ministry, or effective, uh, you know, being an effective person of God. Occurs when each one of us contributes in some way to the body. It's not a one-man show. It's a body show. Okay, it's not really a body show, but you know (laughs) what? That kind of sounded weird. (laughs) It's not a show. You get what I'm saying. So Paul is (coughs) is bringing this up here, and when he mentions, and I'm going to lead into spiritual gifts eventually, but. The context here has to do with addressing church and church that of people that are very different. Now, every church, there's going to be different people. But here, they had Jews and Gentiles, and they're like, how, how do we get along with one another? And Paul says this. Every person has something that can contribute to the health of the body. So he even makes the same point in, in Corinthians. Go to the First Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians twelve, and i I'm going to read this again. I'll and I'll I'm going to read most of the chapter. Okay. Now concerning spiritual things, some translations say spiritual gifts. It's the word pneumatiqa. It actually means spiritual things, spiritualities, spiritual realities, right? And I'll explain why he's bringing this up. Now concerning spiritual realities or spiritual things or spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, you were being led astray to the mute idols, however, you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of workings. But the same God works through everyone, everything and everyone. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for what is profitable. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To someone else, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another, working miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, to another distinguishing of spirits. To another... To someone else, various kinds of tongues. To another, translation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things. What's Paul's point here? (laughs) There's a variety of of giftings and enablements by the Holy Spirit. It's the same Spirit who gives them, right? And I'll explain why, why he's bringing this up. But to the one and the same Spirit works all these things, verse 11, distributing to each individually just as he wills. For even as the body is one, and yet has many members, all the members of the body, though they are many, and are one body, so also Christ. For also by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, Where we are all made to drink of one Spirit. For also the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, I, I, because I'm not a hand, I am not a part of the body. It is for not this reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I am not part of the body. It is not for this reason any less a part of the body. If the whole whole body were an eye, that would be weird. No, he didn't say that. (laughs) Where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has appointed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, how much more is it that the members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary? And those members of the body, which we think are less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor, and our less presentable members have become much more presentable. Whereas our more presentable members have no such need. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to the member which lacked, so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now, you are Christ's body and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, their teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healings, and helps, and ministrations, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? The answer is no. The Greek actually indicates he's expecting a no answer. Do you all have? Do you all have gift, gifts of healings? Do you all speak with tongues? Do you all translate? But you, but desire earnestly the greater gifts, and I will show you a more excellent way. It goes on from there. Now, what's interesting about Paul is, just like in Romans, he addresses a sort of divided church. In Corinthians, he's—they're really divided. I mean, from the first chapter, he's like, you guys are." Like Paul is my favorite preacher. Or Peter's my favorite preacher. Or I'm of Paul. I'm of, I'm of Jesus, you know. And he's like, you guys are divided. And they were. And the Corinthian church was really impressed with showmanship, so to speak. They were really impressed with wisdom and knowledge and who's, you know, articulate and wisdom and wise. And they were, you know, and they didn't like Paul. You get this idea that they kind of like were embarrassed of Paul. You know, you read both first and second Corinthians. It's the same idea. And he, he brings up and he says, You know, so you guys realize that, you know, and what happened is the Corinthian church, they were really spiritual. They were so into the spiritual experience. Um, they loved the gift of tongues. They say, Someone's got the t- gift of tongues, they're at, the, they're at the top. And Paul says, you Look at his list, and he puts tongues last because what they were doing is they were looking for experience that would edify the person. And Paul says, you know, you know something, it's not about edifying an individual, it's about edifying the body. That's why later on he'll say he says, here's an excellent way. You guys like your gifts, chapter 13, but you got to do it with love. If you just do gifts without love, you're you're a noisy banging cymbal gong, right? Or what's that scene in Jaws where the guy takes his fingernails on the chalkboard and you, go, and you screech, you know? Without love. So he's encouraging them, use your giftings to enhance the body, not the individual. That's why he even says in chapter 14, he goes, hey, pursue these spiritual things, but make sure they edify the body. And I'll go off from there. The whole point of this is that in order to have an effective life and ministry, it's your life as part of the body of Christ, and you're, you, you ha- have been equipped by God with a gift to help enhance and edify the whole body. Make sense? In fact, every single, single time he mentions spiritual gifts, and I'll explain in a second. Even in Ephesians 4, he mentions gifts. He mentions body, unity, Chapter 12, body, unity of the Corinthians. Chapter 12 of Romans, Chap- body, unity, and the use of your gifts. So what's the whole point? All of it is not for the individual, though the individual is blessed by being used of it, it's all for the edification of the, the body. So we need to think, I think we need to think differently about this This, this is possible. In, in our American church, we tend to think very individualistically. All right. We come to church, and the way the American church is set up, and I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to speak in generalities because I know obviously there's exception. A lot of American churches are set up for entertainment. You have a stage, you turn the lights on, you got a spotlight, and you have an entertainer. And you leave, and you say, I didn't get anything out of that, or I got something out of that and then you leave a Yelp review or a Google review right and the whole thing's set up to please you now i'm supposed to teach and, and and share and and feed right as a shepherd i'm just saying the whole setup of the way it's set up is 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 more individualistically whether you got something out of it or not whether it checked off your boxes or or oh, that preacher is speaking my language because he agrees with me on da da da, you know, right? And and so what happens? You go walk in and there's a coffee shop there, and there's, a, there's all the all the things make you comfortable, and you go out there and the preacher, you better not go along. You better not offend me. You better not step on my toes. You better tell me what I like to hear, or else I'm not coming back, or I'm not giving. And if I don't, I'm just going to the next church over there. And we play, we play shopping with churches. Think about it, we're shoppers. Really? Where's any of that in the first in the, in, in the early church? If you're a Christian in the early church, you risked your life. When Paul says, you know, uh, in, in the Corinthians, he says. Uh, he says, no one can say Jesus is accursed or Jesus is Lord except by Holy Spirit. Okay, I can say those words, but in that, in that context, it would have been very dangerous. It meant, when you said that Jesus is Lord, you made a statement that you, with your entire life, have committed to him no matter what. If it cost you your life. Here, it's just words. To us, it's just words. Right? So one of the things we have to change is how we think about church. We're part of a body. It's not about me and my needs, and I'm just gonna go shopping and check you off the list, you know, and feel good about myself because I went to church today. I'm not talking about you guys. Because <laughs> you guys are here. I'm not gonna, and those who aren't here, God bless them. I'm not gonna, I'm not judging. I'm just saying the tendency is that mentality of being a consumer. And Paul is trying to stay, he's like, no, you have a part to play. You have a part to play. Now Paul makes it that makes the point and so does Peter, that everyone, go back to Romans 12, that every single one of us have been given a gift, okay? A spiritual gift. Now, this is not going to be a deep dive into spiritual gifts. I'm sorry. I don't have, I'll don't. i do that in another time, because I can spend 12 weeks on it. But not today. Just by way of introduction. But he says in Romans 12, uh, like verse 6, but having gifts that differ according to the grace given us. And he goes on, he lists those gifts. Okay? If you look at 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, those are the gift, main gift chapters, okay? Uh, 1 Peter 4 also mentions uh, categories of gifts. You have different lists, right? Here uh, you have prophecy and teaching and serving and leadership and exhortation and giving and mercy right those are one lesson you have these old listen in in first corinthians and some people just take those lists and say well pick and choose what you want and that's not what paul's doing paul is actually not trying to get into a full discussion of the gifts here i think he's not mentioning these aren't exhaustive romans 12 aren't exhaustive uh, i think he's just he's just he's there's probably more gifts he could, he could have mentioned. Let's like, say a gift of intercession. Some people have a, a gift of prayer, right? And they pray things happen, okay? Well, let's not mention here. He's not trying to be exhaustive. His whole point is say, you guys are been gifted. Now use it toward the advocation of the body, okay? And then in 1 Corinthians, the gifts are different. Go to 1 Corinthians 12. Go back to there, right? The gifts are different. In fact, the only thing that's in common is, is prophecy. These gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 seem to, be, seem to be more spiritual in nature, right? Look at them. Like uh, verse 8. Word of wisdom. Word of knowledge. Faith. Like special faith. Like, like faith that would uh, move mountains, so to speak. You know, uh, Healing. Miracles. Prophecy distinguishing of spirits tongues and translation of tongues okay those seem to be a little more more spiritual in nature right well paul when he's addressing the corinthian church he's addressing an issue with the fact that they think that they're spiritual because y'all speaking tongues and he puts tongues last in that list and then even then he says he says tongues is great but I'd rather that in the church you speak in English, I'm going to say in, in a known language, than in tongues, because the church won't be edified unless somebody has the gift of interpretation. that here's what, here's what was being said. That's why he says in chapter 14, I'd rather that you guys prophesy than speak. I'd rather you speak five words in a known language, let's say in English, and 10,000 words and da-da-da-da-da-da like that. God bless you. But if I don't know what you're saying, I can't be edified by the truths you're declaring. And he's telling the Corinthians, you guys are proud of that, but here's the thing. That's great, he says. Pursue those things, but pursue them in love, and pursue things that are going to edify the body. So those lists are different. First Corinthians, Romans, they're different. Why are they different? Well, Scripture doesn't. These are there's categories that, that pastors and theologians have come up with, you know, to understand these things. And uh, there's different classifications. One there's uh, one classification may be um, that there's um, uh, Romans are more um, uh, motivating gifts. Like I have the gift of teaching. And I have to study, but I can teach anytime, right? There's a gifting and be able to explain in such a way that people understand and get it, right? Um, some people have the gift of leadership. And we're talking about, let's just pause here. Spiritual gifts aren't the same thing, is not the same thing as natural abilities. They're different. This is spiritual. This is within the house. So this is God's um, an equipping or anointing, we call it, or enablement for to use you in such a way that's beyond your that's beyond you, right? So you could be a, a teacher, you know, like at school or something, but not have the gift of teaching in church. Or you could be a, an electrician out in the world, but God enable you to be a leader at church. You know, there's, you know. And and you know, so some people they think their personality or their 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 natural talents, that's a spiritual gift. It's not. Okay? So each one of us has a particular motivating gift. Romans twelve, we think are listing those motivating gifts. Gifts of service. You're naturally drawn to 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 do stuff, and you don't want to be in front of people. You just want to just get things done and help out. You see, you know, you're the ones that you know, after a, a church gathering, you're the one that's in the kitchen gathering the dishes or throwing out the trash or sweeping the floors. You, you're just like, you know, you're like Martha, but walking in the spirit, you know? So there's certain motivational gifts, motivational gifts, and we'll get to that in a second. That you, But then you have what are called manifesting gifts, which is what he mentions in verse Corinthians 12. He says, in fact, go there, uh, you guys in Corinthians or Romans? So like he says, in verse four, there's a variety of gifts, the same spirit, variety of ministries. By the way, I think the ministry gifts is what he's giving in Ephesians four, where he mentions apostles, evangelists, pastors, teachers, you know, those are gifts from Christ to the church. But then you have, what I think here, in my interpretation, is at verse seven, one, to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit, and then he goes on and lists some of those manifestations, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, those kind of things. Okay, those are things that you can't control, right? Like I can't walk up to you and give you a word of prophecy unless the Lord tells me, but I can go up and teach you, right? So there's certain things that are sort of not inbred or in, in um, internal, but sort of given that motivate you with how you see life in the church and ministry, you know, leadership or serving or teaching, that kind of stuff in Romans 12. But with 1 Corinthians 12, those are, the, those are ones that the Holy Spirit may give from time to time. So those times if I'm teaching a sermon and in the midst of teaching God gives me an insight or something that might be prophetic and I speak it. The difference was the teaching part I had to study and, and 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 reflect on and but the prophetic gift may be an insight that God gives me that I speak at that and I don't know who it's for or what it's you know, I might speak a word of encouragement to somebody because the Lord's just in that moment. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So so gifts. So here's the thing: each one of us has a gift from God. Um, each one of us has a gift that's decided by God. God decides what gift you have, right? God decided that. Um, I found out I had the gift of teaching uh, when I was uh, I was at a men's retreat, and uh, could I, I don't know if I could tell. I'm going to tell you a story. My, my pastor. Uh, at that time, man of God, this man—he—he—he, he, he, the Lord, you know—I would look at him, Nick, and I would think he's reading my mind because <laughs> that's how insightful God gave equipped this man. But during this men's tree, um, and I was very shy—I'm still shy—and um, but I felt um, I felt literally pushed to sit next to him at a breakout session with the men's group. And during the discussion, God was giving me insights. I'm like, where is this coming from? Just we were talking about, you know, Abraham a and Lot and, and, and Genesis and other things. And God was giving me, like it was being downloaded, things that, and I'm, truths that were being just, and I'm sharing this with him. And afterwards, he goes, he stopped me and goes, you know, God wants you, he, he's giving you the gift of teaching. He wants you to teach. That, that changed my life. That sent me into a trajectory of starting to, now, was, I wasn't Perfect. But I didn't know where these, these, this was a gift of God. And there was like more evident at that time to say, ding, 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 this young man has something. I want him to be used. And I went back down the hill and I, you know, started a home Bible study. And um, in fact, the first person that came is back in the back row, Kim. She she came to our first Bible study. Just me, Sharon, Kim, and the the house host. Me trying to teach God's word, you know. Um, And since then, it's been, you know, growth and all that. But the point is, Um, I didn't decide to have the gift of teaching. It was just God gave it to me and he enabled my pastor to recognize that and point me in the right direction. Praise God, right? That's part of my, is that you have have a gift that either you know or haven't discovered and you're keeping it to yourself. And the body is, we're missing out on your gift. We may be missing out and the blessing that God would bring through your gift. Right? It's not all about me coming up here and preach. That's, that's a big part. That's the main part of the church. But within the relationships of the body and, you know, so-and-so needs prayer. And some of you guys have, have a gift of prayer and you recognize it and, and you just beeline right for that, you know. Um, the Lord decides which gifts we have. And we have gifts that differ. Now, everyone has the same gift and not everyone is called to do what i'm doing some people have to get the gift of teaching but they're just called to teach bible studies that's all they're satisfied with and that's okay you know some people are, have the gift of teaching and they're called to stay in their secular job i, I know uh in fact it's not more holy to be a pastor than to, you know this is not the holiest job you could be the you could be a holy kindergarten teacher in fact our, our kids kindergarten teacher uh, was used mightily. It's, it's still used to this day. Her kids, and this is a Christian school, her kids every year are her congregation, so to speak. And she shares the gospel with those kids. And she demonstrates the gospel. That's her mission field, is in that classroom. And she's been gifted by God, I mean, to do that. I couldn't go, even I'm, I'm gifted. I couldn't do what she does. And she's impacting the body of Christ in her in her in her job as a school teacher. So what's the purpose of, the, of these gifts? Well, the first purpose, of course, is to promote unity within the body. Again, Paul's point in 1 Corinthians 12 is the varieties, the varieties, the varieties of gifts and manifestations with the same spirit. I think it's wonderful how God does that, you know? And his gift to each one, with something that contributes to the health of the body that, that one person can't do alone. And it's not supposed to be a one-man church. We're supposed to be the body of Christ. And we won't go, we will not grow if there's too many people holding back their gifts. And it could be something like, I like to make, maybe somebody's gifted with cooking. And they served, they love to serve people. Or they have the gift of encouragement. They love to call people and just, just encourage them. And boy, you, that's a huge gift that's needed. Is encouragement, you know. Um, and some people think, well, I, I'm, not, I'm not that guy, but I'm just, uh, who am I? And Paul says, you could be the little toe, but you know something? If you stub your little toe... Suddenly, you're very aware of that little toe because he's necessary. You know? And the doctors say your appendix is not needed. Well, they just haven't discovered what it's used for. <laughs> God put your appendix there somewhere, you know? Each gift is used to promote the unity of the body. And that means if there's, if there's a body, there's different parts, that we are dependent on other members of the body. Right. We are dependent. That that the health of the body needs all of us working together. The whole, the whole, the health of the whole, the whole body is necessary. How many guys know your your motivational gift from Romans twelve? You guys, is everybody? No, a few guys. Okay. I'll I'll read to you a description in a second, but. Um, like let me just go. Let's go to Romans 12 real fast. Again, I'm not doing a deep dive in spiritual gifts. I'll do that another time. Uh, it just um, lest this particular series goes 18 weeks longer and we forget that Hebrews is really our text we're supposed to be in. <laughs> but like he mentions gift of prophecy, which. I go back and forth with how I'm interpreting prophecy, but I'll just give you uh, what is often given. It's it's a gift of, of, uh, of declaring the truth from God, perhaps perhaps an insight. Uh, gift of uh, of serving, of course, is helping out. Uh, it's listed helps in First Corinthians 12. It's the gift of of serving like a deacon uh, in Acts. The deacons were you know like. We need people to help out with practical needs. So if you have to gift the service, you'd like to help practically, right? Teaching, of course, uh, if you have to give a teaching, you have, uh, first of all, a deep hunger to study God's Word and an effectiveness in explaining God's Word. You know, you just, if you're called to teach, you just love studying, you love reading, you love, and you love sharing as well, you know? Um, exhortation uh, that comes in two parts. The gift of exhortation is one first, an encouragement. Those of us who feel you, know, you never know, somebody needs encouragement. And they feel down, they feel discouraged. Because I mean, let's let's be let's be real. Spiritual life, life on earth is hard, you know. And we may present a good front, but inside we're dying because we're like, I need help, Lord. And then here comes a brother call you out out of out of the blue and say, Keep going. The Lord is with you, and he just you just filled up his cup, he just made his day, you know, and so on one side it's the encouragement of you know and the other side is exhortation, exhortation is more of corrective hey, hey let's let's get back to God you know and come on, what are you doing you know that's you know I, I, you know that's then some people have that tremendous gift exhortation and encouragement um holy motivator i like to call that person you know the person who has a gift of giving god has gifted this person financially to be able to give to support ministry and church and other people and they like to do it without the attention they don't god has given them um resources and they love doing that and it gives them joy leadership of course that goes without saying to to, to lead means to stand before, and they like to to, to lead a group of people. and And there, are, I, I have some pastor friends who have a gift. They're more gifted in leadership than anything else, and they're strong leaders, you know. And they have they have their people, you know, marching in the line, you know, sort of. Speak. But God's gift for them, and they're effective, you know. I think we have some leaders in this room who are quiet, but <laughs> I won't say. Gift of Mercy. Those people who have not just a, a compassionate identification of feeling for those who are in need, but technically the gift of mercy is also one who not just feels that need but wants to do something to to, to give them to, to give them help, you know. And they're they're you know they're they're brought to tears after you know if somebody is in a bad bad place and they want to do something to to relieve them of that that situation. And that's they're, they're they have a big heart, you know. And Paul's not exhaustive here, like I said. So these are some of the, the gifts. But how do we use our gifts? I think we have to use our gifts first of all with the right attitude. This is one thing at Corinthians, they didn't have the right attitude. They they were they were haughty, they were arrogant. They said, We're better than you because we speak in tongues, and da-da-da-da-da, you know. And Paul says you got to do it with love. you got to do it with humility. With, um, in fact, that's what he says in Romans 12.3, For by the grace given to me, I say to each one among you, not to think more highly than himself. So a gift, if God has gifted you with a particular gift, it's not about you. It's about God using you to bless others. And be careful of giving praise to the man or one of God who has a particular gift. Oh, that! Oh, hey, you know, I like to, I like to hear what he has to say. Be careful of raising that person up when you realize that person is nothing. He's just a vessel, and God is speaking. Give praise to God, right? And there's a tendency that you know, there's a there's a tendency of some who are very effective in their gifts to say, "Hey, aren't I something here?" You know. I got. Hey, I've got some gift here, and I'm going to walk. Around. You got to be very careful because that will that 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 gets in the way, right? We have to exercise our gifts with humility. That's why he says in verse nine, "Let love be without hypocrisy. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love." Gifts are a privilege and an opportunity to be used by God, and they're to be used with dependence. And faith on the Holy Spirit. And with gratitude as well. The Holy Spirit is the focus of the use of our gifts. And so, remember that. Another proper use of of our gifts is to learn how to use them properly. So let's say if you have the gift of teaching, right? It doesn't mean that just because you have the gift of teaching that you cannot study. (laughs) It means... And every gift you can develop and grow in. In fact, Paul tells Timothy, he said, and well, both first and second Timothy, he says, don't neglect that gift that was given to you. <coughs> you know, he says that and stir it up. Um, second Timothy 1, he says, stir up that gift. Well, why? Because he probably neglected it. You know? So on the one hand, there's a tendency of thinking, well, I have this gift that I don't have to do anything. Well, no, grow in it, practice in it, you know, Develop it. You know, I had to get the teaching, but I still had to go to seminary to learn how to handle God's word and, you know, and and you know, not hurt somebody with it. You know, there's 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 a need to to excel in it. Right? Make sense? I don't. Know, this is not a preaching thing. This is more of just giving you teaching. We are to develop our gifts with uh, eagerness and diligence. That's why he says, do not neglect the spiritual gift, which is bespo- bestow on you with the laying on of hands. It takes time to develop gifts. Sometimes the gift will, will be stronger than others, maybe through uh, development or proper use of it. But the goal is to become better at do- whatever God has gifted us in blessing others for the development of, of the body of Christ Now a couple of cautions regarding gifts. And this is part of what Paul addresses, I think especially in 1 Corinthians, but even in Romans 12, this one caution is this idea of comparison. Where you look at people and say, "Well, I don't have what they have." Or I have something that they don't have and, "Oh, I'm special," you know? You got to be careful of that. That's a big problem. There's a problem of, of, of competition and of becoming jealous or envious. And especially, it's, it happens especially with those who have maybe less upfront gifts. Maybe they're quieter gifts that are you know, less in front of everybody else and say, well, I don't have that gift, so I must not be something special. The body of Christ needs your gifting as much as it needs preaching as well. And there's a blessing when you withhold that gift from the body of Christ. We miss out on that blessing. And there's a blessing of you exercising that gift, and there's a blessing of those of us who are receiving that. Amen? Amen. There's a danger of thinking that God can't use you, or that your gift is not significant or important, because it does get the attention of, every, of the crowds. There's a caution in the, the problem with, with pride as well, thinking certain gifts are better than others. Maybe the gifts that look, make you look more spiritual. There's a danger also of thinking that gifts equal maturity. Now this is, th- th- this, hear it up. You could be somebody that's very gifted by God and be very immature spiritually. The Corinthian church is an example of that. They were gifted by God. Boy, they were immature. Gifts don't take priority over fruit. Okay? Just because you can prophesy or do great teaching and do great leadership in the church, they don't go above the fruit of the Spirit. That's more important. That's the goal, Right? The goal is demonstrating and displaying the fruit of the Spirit more than anything else. So don't equate someone who's gifted with them being mature because they're not necessarily the same thing. They could be used by God and be total jerks to, to their family. They can be used by God greatly and walk out the door and just walk in the flesh all day long. The goal is more of growing in the fruit of the Spirit than, than anything else. Yes, grow in your gifting. But that's why Paul's emphasis is do everything in love. That's more important. What good is it if you speak in tongues and yet you don't love your, your, your fellow churchmates and your neighbors, you know, and so what, you know? It's love. How do I discover my gifts? How many you guys are taking gift tests? You know, a lot of those are nothing but personality tests too. <laughs> so, and they're help they're somewhat useful. Let me just give you something real easy. You know, if you see a need, oftentimes your gift will come out in how you address that need. It will come up natural I'm saying naturally, you know what I'm saying? Supernaturally, but naturally, you know. It will just come out. You don't have to tell a person. Now some people, like I had to be told that because I didn't realize about the gifts. But sometimes it's just a matter of what needs to be done? Not just in, within the house, but even within, within our lives. What do I naturally have been drawn to do? And oftentimes, that's how your gift will come out. You know, uh, you know if, if uh, somebody drops a vase and a, fl- and a vase of flowers and everything else, right? Gift of encouragement comes up and says, it's okay, those, we can replace those flowers, and it's, it's going to be a great day, because you've looked, you know, that's the gift of encouragement. Gift of service, they're the ones that just grab the broom, start sweeping it up. Gift of teaching, now if you would have held those flowers in a particular <laughs> way, you know, right? Now you just see that, right? It's a real simple need. Gift of giving, hey, I'm on the phone already, I'm going to call a new flower, florist to deliver new flowers, but I'm not going to tell you, I'm just going to surprise you, right? Gift leadership, hey, let's have a committee about how to properly, you know, right? So It just it just comes up. I mean, those tests are great. I've taken those tests, you know, they're cool, they're all that, but I just think it comes out within a natural scenario. And, so, and sometimes you may see a need, it may not be your gifting, but you still are responsive, and that's good. You know, and maybe after time, maybe it's not your gifting, but you're willing to do something, and then after a while it gets so tiring, and Frustrating. I was like, okay, maybe that's not your main gifting, but God bless you for serving. That's okay. You know? Right? It's the willingness to see and to do something. And I think that's, you know, God blesses that. And of course, people will see it as well and confirm it as well. So, the gifts are to be used to edify the body. And the gifts are are a, demonstrating, de, a demonstration of the presence and work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And it can happen in diverse ways. And I think that's wonderful. And my prayer for our church is that he does it. He's bringing people from, we have people of different church backgrounds, different, we got, you know, conservative, Pentecostal, we got, you know, whatever, all the all the different things, that you know, that God, you know, here's Jesus with his 12 disciples. He's got a tax collector who rooks the Romans, and he's got a zealot in the same group. Figure that one out. <laughs> he didn't go and select all rabbinical students. Oh, basically, he also has a lot of women following him around, which was unknown in that time. Of, you know, it was going be, but, So he has all these people. So maybe ask the Lord, ask, do I know my gift? And am I using my gift? Am I willing to be used by God through my gift? And ask God, open those doors. Maybe within our house or maybe somewhere else. But the point is, you know, he wants to bring blessing in your life and through you and be glorified in that. And I'll bet you one day you'll get to heaven and Jesus will say, hey, do you remember when you called this person up or texted them some encouraging note? or you helped out this person with moving, or you baked them a cake, or made them a quilt, maybe, I don't know. And that really meant, meant tremend- that, that was a perfect timing. You didn't know it, but that, that reached that person, in a perfect, that was me working through you. And I was glorified, Jesus says. And you had no idea. I think it's wonderful. Anyway, praise God for his gifts. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, and Thank you Lord for each uh, each member each person <clears throat> in the body of Christ has has a gift and has been gifted by you supernaturally to to glorify you to um, to edify the body and to help the body and to be used by you to um, to display your presence and I do pray for our our church I know we're small we're not but we still are a body, Lord, and you are putting us together and building us, Lord, and I pray that you would help each one of us to to use the gift that We you've given us and be willing uh, to be used by you and to contribute to the health of the body. I pray if there's some that maybe they don't know what their gift is, Lord, that you would lead them in that process of discovery and give them ideas of how to serve. And Lord, I pray for uh, our church for unity and for, for you by your Holy Spirit to continue to grow us. And uh, we're thankful, Lord, for each person. And uh, pray your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't we stand up? So next week we have our lunch fellowship after church and <laughs> blessing bag. If you have not participated in that, it's a lot of fun. Whatever you're signing up for, you're going to bring how many? At least 24. Yeah. How many how many bottles about is that 24 pack of water, you know? Okay, perfect. So bring whatever, you water or just think of, you know, and we're going to put them in little bags and then after we put them together, you'll grab how many you want to grab out. And as the Lord leads, you can give them to somebody in need. And and we're going to pray over those bags. We're going to pr- put some tracks in there as well. And this, you never know how God will use that, you know. And uh, it's a lot of fun, you know. And we'll have a good fellowship and a uh, good time after that. And then the following week, we'll have our men's ministry. And uh, and I'm thinking, you know, it's getting to be nice outside. So maybe we should do like a, a like a Saturday morning hike time, you know. Or have you guys a hikers? Nobody. <laughs> Go to the mall and make it and stroll in the mall. <laughs> okay. So we get everybody in shape this year. You know? <laughs> anyway, so we'll, we'll do something fun like that. Too, so, well, my prayer is the Lord will bless you and keep you and make His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, to lift up His countenance upon you and give you His His peace, and also to use you equip you for the building up of the body of Christ in Jesus name amen amen god bless you guys.